Well, I don't think any chief can be sure of that at any point. I mean, certainly the key here is to open up dialogue. I can tell you that uh, Reverend Swan has been very generous with his opinions and his time. We've certainly had some meaningful dialogues. I uh, continue to hold the door open for him. I respect his opinion. I think that any city can hit a breaking point, especially now. I think that an in-custody death in any mid-sized city across the country right now could lead to protest. You walk a precarious balance. This is a job where, unfortunately, not everyone abides by the law. It's a small percentage of persons that don't abide. So is there a potential here? There's a potential anywhere. The goal here, again, is to try and train our personnel under the most precarious conditions so that they react well to stress, to provide them with the tools to do the job, and to have a meaningful dialogue with the community. The thing I think that a lot of people are forgetting in this conversation is that really a small percentage of our job is law enforcement, probably less than 20% across the board in the country. 80% of what we do is not law enforcement. It's ambulance assists. People don't complain when their relatives having a heart attack or the police come and they do CPR or put an AED on their mother or their father. When there's lost children and we look for them, When there's a domestic disturbance, there may not be any criminality involved at all, but we're there to make sure that nothing bad happens. Disorder complaints, the barking dogs, the speeding cars, that's the vast majority of what we do. When we deal with criminality, we don't deal with causation. Normally, we get that person at their worst at the time we deal with them. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to comply with what the officers want them to do, which means that we use force, which is just never pretty. It's just never going to be pretty. Um, so you're speaking to community members tonight about lingering concerns that Springfield police have wrongly targeted certain individuals. What do you expect you're going to hear tonight? Well, I'm hoping we have an open conversation and dialogue. And I definitely want to hear what the concerns of the neighborhoods are. I want the residents to feel that they have a receptive police department. I also hope that they're open to listen to the what the Springfield Police Department has done and is doing to address those concerns. We have a very active internal investigations unit. We have a Citizens Police Review Board that the police commissioner in the past and myself have never overruled. We've never given punishment less. We've exceeded the recommendations on a few occasions. There is civilian oversight. We have numerous ways to contact that unit so that you don't have to come down to the police department. You can go to your local community representatives, uh, the North Citizens Council, the Dunbar Community Center. You can do it online. You can call somebody by phone and get something over the email. We can come to your house. So we're going to continue to listen and then talk to the community. And again, it's an education process. It's an education process for us, but it's also an education process for the community. And I think what people have to remember is one of the biggest ironies in policing is that the neighborhoods that want us the least, that feel like we're an occupying army, need us the most. We don't go to those neighborhoods because there's one ethnicity there. We go there because crime drives us there. That's where the shootings are. That's where the homicides are. That's where the the robberies occur. That's where people carry guns and sell drugs. And we're in those communities not because we want to arrest bad guys. That's part of our job. But to keep the other residents in that neighborhood safe. More than one police officer has told me that usually on the force, there are a small number of cops, let's just call them troubled, bad cops, whatever you want to call them, those who are likely to cause a problem, and that, you know, the fraternal brotherhood is too strong to do anything about it. In other words, nobody wants to force those cops to change or get off the force. Is that true in Springfield? Well, first, let me dispel a little bit of the mythology there for you. At one point, I'm sure my certification has lapped, but I was a train-the-trainer for racial profiling. And what any trainer will tell you is that people that are overtly prejudiced, they don't last in policing because their traits are obvious to everyone involved. It is much more difficult to deal with people that are either subconsciously biased 
or are very discreet about it. So there's a couple of things you can do, and Springfield's one of them. We track IAU cases. We look for patterns and trends. What does that mean? Internal investigation complaints. Okay. Citizens' complaints. So if you file a complaint in regards to an officer, it's tracked. And then it goes to the commanding officer for review. That commanding officer, if you work for him for a length of time, which you will, is also on cue to see if there's certain trends or patterns, certain words that are used, certain actions that are taken, certain victimology. You know, is it always a black female? Is it always an Hispanic male? So the, the idea is to look for any indication or cues. The other thing is to train officers, and that's what we've done. And we've started with the supervisors. And it's not just about the law and when to make arrests and when not to make arrests. It's about the ideology of arrests. Are you arresting because there's a violation of the law, or are you trying to solve the problem? And sometimes arrest is not the best way to solve a problem. It's ethics training. It's reminding people of why they took this job. It's getting away from the term law enforcement and encouraging our officers to look at their job as public safety. You're not a warrior. You're a guardian in the neighborhood. And we've done that training with our officers. Again, one of my biggest frustrations is in any other societal agency, it would be considered bad taste to paint them with a broad brush. But the police themselves, for 1% of of activity and 1% of our personnel, are painted with a tremendously broad brush. 